Hey everybody, welcome back to Knock It Off, our weekly podcast on all things real life and real time, adulting and motherhood. Named after our father's go-to phrase when we were pushing the bounds of his patience. Brought to you by two unqualified and quirky moms with the hope that we help you feel less alone in your plights. This is Bethany Bell this week. I'm sister number two, mother of three. The other sister behind this endeavor is Kara Wood. I am currently recording this piece while I busy my two eldest unloading the Costco run stack and the youngest is napping. So you got to find those opportune times when they present themselves. Without further ado, we will move on to this week's piece. Everywhere I go, someone is dying to be heard. A lesson on listening like we want to be listened to. There is this beautiful concept that seems to increase in value the longer I live. It's poignant and powerful, with the ability to evoke a wide range of emotions and reflections. Everywhere I turn, it seems, people are aching to find this immense skill. You perceive it in the speed of their tongue, how quickly they string their words together before taking one quick breath and beginning again, fearful they may be cut off. It's apparent in the eyes of somebody who is in an immense amount of psychological stress. It's clear in the grunts of frustration when one spouse is attempting to convey thoughts to another, only to be interrupted by a young child asking, yet again, when they are leaving the house. Yes, my friends, the idea of a carved out amount of time and space to be actively heard. To find that unique individual who looks you in the eyes, paying true attention to the words coming out of your mouth, and intentionally works to validate your thoughts and provide constructive feedback and or therapeutic responses. The idea of being a really good listener. Working in healthcare is such a jam in an odd, twisted way. The majority of my time is spent in the acute care or post-acute care world, which means I see people when they are at their sickest, just survived through being their sickest, and are trying not to get back to being their sickest yet again. The part that I love, and I really mean this, is getting to interact with people when they really need our help when they are the most vulnerable and scared and unsure of what their future holds. This is also the part that sucks butt. Sorry, I thought I was a nine-year-old boy for a hot second. It's also the worst because we tend to meet people at their most painful hour. They feel terrible, their bills are piling up, they aren't speaking to their brother, and to top it all off, their heart just went out of rhythm. They need to get home by Friday because no one can watch their beloved canine beyond that date. Their insurance lapsed last month while they were waiting for their disability application to process. Oh, and that lung scan done out of an abundance of caution came back looking suspicious. These kinds of situations. But when we walk into the room, we may just get, I started feeling fluttering in my chest three days ago and it's worse now. We go through the usual healthcare interview questions, get the history of present illness, their past medical history, do the physical exam, review the diagnostics, labs, x-rays, ultrasounds, 
and piece together a picture of what is happening with our patient. We make an assessment and devise a plan to help, to stabilize. And we have a lot of people to do this for on the daily. Unfortunately, because of this demand, we often find ourselves interjecting a patient's interview, redirecting them to the pertinent information needed. Yes, I want to know if you had a prior heart attack, but I can really do without the entire play-by-play of that year of your life. And finding a method to segue out of the really hard confessions or brain dumps. Would you like me to ask the chaplain to visit you? I can see you're going through a lot right now. Let's focus on getting you better today. Do you have someone you can call to be your support person? It's difficult and sometimes we feel inadequate, but the show must go on. There is always another person waiting in the wings for their time. We can find a way to learn how to tangle with this balance of warmth and efficiency as a caregiver or as a human. When someone shares an emotion with us, let us be there with them. Allow the discomfort to pass through ourselves and sit with them in theirs. Oftentimes, that's all they really want, a witness to their pain. When they pour out the entirety of their current life crisis situation, listen with no device in hand, facing them with full attention and validate how immensely crappy that sounds. Oftentimes, that's all they really need in that moment, a witness. When they don't want to talk, when their body language is protective and radiating, leave me alone energy, but their face is a mix of desperation and loneliness, maybe just pull up a chair and ask, how are you today? And wait for the response. Then wait some more. Oftentimes, that's all they really need, but don't know it. A witness to their pain. The more one practices these skills, the more likely it will be that you receive the information you need to adequately help. You will learn patterns and processes and be able to respond with validating statements like, you are not responsible for the decisions of your family members. Mothering is one of the most difficult and complex roles to play, and it sounds like you are doing it very very well. Take the time amongst the chaos to look around and feel gratitude for the wonderful people that are walking alongside you. Or, life sucks, but you don't. Yes, your day can be derailed because of another individual's crisis, and that's really okay. Sometimes practicing good listening can feel like, oh, I don't know, that low-riding luxury vehicle coming toward you on a dirt road with various potholes that have just flooded with an immense amount of rain. They have a huge puddle directly in front of their vehicle, and apparently they need to avoid it entirely. So they swerve onto your side of the road in order to do so, transitioning a vast amount of collision responsibility onto you, the driver that has remained, quote, in your lane. It's now also on your heart to keep all parties safe in this situation. Is it fair? No. Are you angered that they have inconvenienced you? Yes. And why does it always seem to be a luxury vehicle? But you are going to slow down and allow them to safely return to their side of the road so they can get to where they need to be going. And you know what? You will too. It'll just take slightly more time. Time that we do have, despite our brains attempting to trick us out of that idea. It is a deeply spiritual practice of giving of oneself, without the tick-for-tack mentality that runs amok in society. I believe most of us can benefit from work in this area. As a matter of fact, that is why there are so many of us. 
We are here to absorb the shock of living for one another, to meet people in their time of need, to surround them with support and community, and the notion that they will not go through this alone. And when someone shows this grace and consideration and love to us, by God, let's be sure to reciprocate it in their time of need. We are to be the friend that we so much revere. Okay, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to read or listen. If um, our work is speaking to you or you're enjoying following along, please share uh, this piece or your favorite piece with a friend. And make sure you're subscribing for free at knockitoff.substack.com. We put pieces out each week, um, either by a written article or you can read it as a podcast. Thanks again so much for listening and we'll see you next week.